Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show. With the Master 2 1.5 SE Plus for 12590. Eye-catching style inside and out. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. This is the Sun FM preview show in what is the last preview show of the season. I'm Stephen Goldsmith and I'm joined by Gareth Barker. As always, well, we say that, we've got people to cover for us on Monday and we're very grateful for Frankie et al for doing that for us. It means we've got a chance to talk about the latest developments happening at our football club. There's only one thing to talk about at the moment. It speaks for itself. Yan and Villa's been linked with Crystal Palace for next season. Mm. It's too soon, that one, isn't it, guys? We can't have we can't have that. Can't have Yan coming back to the Premier League so soon. Uh, we might be rubbish. Who when might be rubbish? Back, I don't know. That's what sometimes I have. Oh, I thought you said it? we might be rubbish. I was no, we say, are there's no might, there's no, no might we, we are rubbish. at all involved in that. Right. So for the last time this season, we're going to say hello to our guests who are joining us. In the studio tonight, Michael Loft's not really a guest, I guess. Michael, no, not these. Part days. of the furniture. The George Honeyman of the uh, Wise Men Say <laughs> crew with, with Gareth refers to me as quite consistently. <clears throat> that means half of our listeners hate you, and half of them like you. <laughs> to be fair, I would take that all day long. <laughs> <laughs> He's taken that, Michael, and uh, delighted to see a former Sunderland midfielder, winger, kind of Ooh. attacker. Yeah, the, yeah, the latter certainly. Yeah, Kieran Brady joins us in the studio for the first time in a while as well. Good evening. Good evening indeed. We only see each other at St James's Park these days, Kieran, mm. which is a bit weird. Yeah, just to <laughs> emphasise for the supporters, You're a season ticket in, holder. it's a professional capacity <laughs> that I'm there in, and nothing else. Yeah, same. Right. Um, we're going to talk about. No, we're going to talk about that now. We're going to talk about the potential takeover. I was kind of hoping that this whole EFL approval thing might have happened hmm. by today because we were led to believe uh, it would be a, a quick process. I think basically the it's like a DBS check, which just makes sure you're not an absolute wrong one. And if you're not, mm. you're in. So yeah. we wouldn't expect any problems there, would we? It'd be very Sunderland to not get it done, though, wouldn't it? I mean, some of the people who've managed to get through the fit and proper person's test. To slip through the and, net. And, and uh, own football clubs and destroy them in, in England. In recent years, um, you know, it would be funny if, well, not funny, well, but it would be, it would be yeah. obvious for, for it to happen to Sunderland where things seem to be, you know, we're in a good situation. It's more the fact, obviously, the, the debt situation, you know, with, yeah. you know, Ellis Clearance. I mean, obviously, Kieran's, you know, I've had Kieran on a few times and, you know, they've done the shows at the Peacock with Kieran and he's always made the point about things won't change until. The football club changes hands, um, mm. and there's a sort of root and branch reform. I mean, how did you feel when you when you saw the news come through that it was going to happen? Obviously, after the news that Coleman had yeah. gone as well. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I can understand why across the city and surrounding areas there would be a significant relief, 
But I suppose you would always urge caution that the, the growing disdain that had developed towards Ellis Short perhaps meant that the criteria for some people to be the Sunderland owner and primary figurehead would be that you're just not Ellis Short. But obviously, now that he is almost in place with, of course, the EFL approval impending, it's vitally important that he makes the right impression from the very outset. And for me, that isn't necessarily about who he appoints as manager or what in three years, five years or even longer. As we're all aware, it is going to be at least two years before we are potentially going to see Premiership football back at the Stadium of Light. And therefore, although, of course, it's been a bitterly disappointing season, being in League One, I believe, offers a better opportunity to, of course, try and make progress on the field, but for that to coexist with endeavours off the field to try to address some of the issues that I believe hold the club back and have done for a long, long time. Chris Coleman always acknowledged these problems as well, Kieran, and said, um, you know, maybe League One w- would help um, like like you were saying to just to rebranch and, and start again and he wanted very much to sit down with the new owners and, and sell his vision for the club were mm-hmm. you surprised he didn't get that opportunity? I, I was I was increasingly impressed with Chris Coleman and the very evident hunger that I believed was on display and I believe there was a sincerity to it it is, of course, almost standard practice in football that when new owners come in, they will have new ideas, and that invariably means new personnel. All that said, Chris Coleman has to shoulder a significant responsibility for what happened this season. His performance as a manager has been poor. And, I, you know, I think if you worked out the points per game average between him and Simon Grayson, there wouldn't be that much of a difference but the disappointment is that there were signs of improvement towards the end of the season and it is unfortunate not just in a footballing context but I think at a personal level not only for Chris Coleman but his family they seem to have settled in the North East and we're looking forward to living here and trying to do something at this club but it's not to be and I've got no doubt that the supporters will get fully behind whoever the new person and their staff are and then hopefully they can start to build. I think it looks as though there's a situation with the uh, with the contract that he was given, which is what's led to him being dismissed. I mean, mm. the, the I mean, it's almost bizarre. The person who kept on saying the only way we're going to kick on with somebody coming out from within the club saying the only way Sunderland are going to kick on if we change ownership. And he was right behind that idea, and then basically mm. he's, it looks as though he has been done over by a clause in his contract. Whoever put that in, he obviously signed his contract and agreed to it. But if it is true that when a new owner took over, if they want to do dismiss him, it would cost the best part of two million pounds to do so. Mm. Then that's the thing. That is literally the thing that's cost him his job at Sunderland. Nothing to do with his performance. It's a case of going. If we did want to sack him, mm. start next season. If he has a, his poor form continues. We can't possibly afford that. Whereas I think if they got rid of him now, mm-hmm. it would be. I think the the figure suggested was around three hundred thousand. Well, then any manager they can contract. bring in could could get have a poor start. Yeah, the but I'm saying, well. but they wouldn't have to pay him two two million pounds to get yeah. rid of him. That's the difference between. But Col- didn't Coleman come out and said he was happy to tear up his contract and sign a new one? Reportedly, know. so yeah, yeah so, which which again, so that you know that that could and they they could have at least. Um, he could have at least had that ear and said, I'm prepared to rip that contract up and I'll take that clause out if that's an issue for you. But it doesn't mm. sound as though anybody... By the way, I guess, it doesn't sound as though anybody um, 
anybody um, really knew that was happening apart from Ella Short and the people mm. uh, that he'd been liaising with in the, in the consortium that so could take over. So. Well, well, I mean, to go back to Chris Coleman, and I would reiterate, because I think there is a growing sense within the Sunderland support, or there certainly was from the period that Chris Coleman came in, that Sunderland should be incredibly appreciative of the fact that Chris Coleman has came to manage them. And for me, that in many ways illustrates part of the problem that exists at the club. Chris Coleman should be genuinely honoured to be the manager of Sunderland Football Club. And of course, it's disappointing the way that it has materialised. But if Chris Coleman is dismissed, even if he's walking away with a very affluent severance package... I would be very disappointed if the replacement was someone from some of the names that have been banded about to date. Tell me tell me who you like the sound of and who you don't like the sound well, of. Well, you know, I think that Chris Wilder certainly fulfills a lot of the criteria that you would want at this particular level. Nevertheless, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't entertain the idea of Chris Wilder being manager of Sunderland Football Club. But he's got a proven track record at this level. He has done exceptionally well this season with Sheffield United, albeit they did fade towards the end of the season. But, of course, we're not going to be able to look in the top bracket in terms of management. So it might be horses for courses, and that might mean that it is someone like Chris Wilder. Um, bear in mind also, he's, he's manager at the moment of the club that, he supported as a boy has yeah. a deep affection for who are operating in a higher league than Sunderland so you could actually argue it would be something of a coup to get him to leave Bramall Lane but nevertheless of all the names that I've seen so far that's the one that I would perhaps be attracted to well, the, the most. Obviously, you know, and something <clears throat> could come from the left field couldn't it which we, you know, none of, of us know none of us know about the, but the names we see mentioned in the press are Michael Appleton uh, Chris Wilder, Mick McCarthy. So we put a Twitter poll out saying, mentioning those three players, who would you like to see? And, and saying if it's option four, which is none of the above, let us know. Michael Appleton polled 7%, Mick McCarthy polled 25%, and Chris Wilder polled 50%. Mm. None of the above was only 18%, so Wilder is is kind of out on his own. Yeah, one in two. There a little bit. Mm. Um I, I think that's perfectly understandable. It's not just at Sheffield United. They performed exceptionally well previously at both Oxford and Northampton Town. Um, so t- t- to that end, I can see the merits in Chris Wilder and hopefully it's just the beginning of a process. And of course, if he performs well, then he's got every entitlement so to try. You, you said it could be a coup and for, for that level... I mean, it's almost like when Sunderland got relegated to the Championship last season, had they gone and got Sean Dyche or somebody, because it's a because mm. it's a guy you're getting somebody who's who's already taken a side from your division, got them promoted, and then established them in the division above, uh-huh. which and that will be unheard of now for a Championship club to go yeah. So if you if you contextualising it a little bit, it will be a big statement that wouldn't. Mm. It? I think um, with Wilder as well, he's proven over his career that he's been at clubs for the long haul, and he's built slowly, progressively. So. Northampton, he went in there and they looked as though they were going to get relegated to the conference. He managed to keep them up. He stabilised them for next season. Then they got promoted. He was at Oxford for a long time. And his first job in management, Halifax Town, I think he was there for six years. And I think that's going to match up with the criteria we're looking for for a manager to come in now. Because I don't think it's going to be 
a project where we're looking to be back in the Premier League with back-to-back promotions because we're just going to throw a load of money at it. I'm not sure how cash-rich cash rich this new consortium is, but I would like to think that if we did get promoted to League One, we would have a long-term structure and plan in place, and I think that Chris Wilder is certainly the man to oversee that. I mean, like um, Kieran mentioned, his credentials, but um, you can't really dispute them at the level that we're at, and... Laura, I mean, he's got a 44% win percentage over his entire career, which is about like 20% more than a lot of managers we've had in recent years. He's had a 52% win percentage, win percentage of Sheffield United, done a remarkable job. And another thing which is in his credit at Sheffield United was when he went in, they had to have a lot of overhaul. So when he went in, there was um, nine players he brought in and 20 players, like not just people who were on the periphery, actual first-team players, 20 players left Sheffield United that summer after he finished 11th in the league the year before. So I think he ticks a lot of boxes for me. So I think it would be my mm. choice, Chris Wilder. We've got about two minutes before Kieran needs to leave. Some people have said here um, to go with that. Um, Paul Cook, this is Matt Foster, did an unbelievable job at Chesterfield and Portsmouth. He's just been promoted with Wigan, so he will be another one who would have to drop back down a division to do it. Mm. Uh, the Cowley brothers get mentioned by a few people. Um, I got Inari Coleman. I want Coleman to come back. Kevin Phillips and Glenn Hoddle as a partnership. Uh, Jonathan Pennington is saying. Arsene Wenger, a couple of people are thrown in there. Roy Keane, which is inevitable. Mm. Um, more for Cook and Reed because they are working together at Wigan, aren't they? Yeah, I, um, I, I would be averse to the idea of, of any of those. Going, well, not, Peter Reed. You know, it, it's very easy, as of course, two, to, I think to remember say. fondly. Mm the wonderful times that he brought to the club. But you always have to bear in mind that there's perhaps a reason why he's a number two at this moment in time. And you also have to try to imagine whether he's got the same degree of hunger and relatively youthful energy that he would have had 20 years ago or over 20 years ago. So, you know, if we're talking about, as Gareth used the term at the top of the show, root and branch reform... For me, that means trying not as best as possible to revisit the past, as much as there may have been halcyon days within it. But Peter Reid gets Sunderland relegated. Mick McCarthy gets Sunderland relegated. You have to try to think much more ambitiously than that because I just don't believe that a stadium that can hold almost 50,000 people with a support that we know can fill it, even when times are relatively good, deserves something better than trying to bring up the past and the happy memories that Does come the same with. go for Kevin Phillips as well? Have people, a lot of people mentioning him. Obviously, we can't judge but, his managerial record because he hasn't got can. one. Yeah, and, and the thing is, um, Kevin Phillips may turn out to be a very good manager. He had a wonderful work ethic in his playing career. His rise in many ways was meteoric, considering he was still playing non-league football out with his teens, if I, if I recall correctly. But Chris Wilder, for me, does seem to be the outstanding candidate that of the names mentioned. And it may well be, Steve, as you alluded to, that the additional investors, for example, if they're coming from overseas in a way that might be reminiscent of Wolves, may have their own ideas and their own people quite often people that we've never heard of, but do have very good credentials in their respective countries. Right. Kim's going to leave us. When we come back, we're going to talk about other stuff. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show. With Jennings Kia. With the Sportage 1 1.6 GDI for 17495 A strikingly sporty SUV made to wow. 
Thanks to Kieran for coming along there. That was short and sweet. That just came from a conversation we were having when we always chat, as we do at St. James. And he texted me today, saying, I can come in for 25 minutes if that helps, and you're not going to turn that You're not going to turn that offer down, are you? Yeah, no, appreciate it. Yeah. We were trying to get in the studio earlier, but we couldn't. But uh, he, he's um, obviously done us a, a favour there, and it's always good to hear from him, even if it's five minutes. Yes, indeed. Right. Wolves game. I was just brush over this really and then we're going to come back because we've got a lot of uh, uh, Twitter questions today that we're going to get through a mix went and got some done some homework and got some stats and stuff which we're very impressed with so I'm not going to let that go to work uh, waste make your your good work there Um, Wolves approach this game currently on 99 points so they're going to want to break a 100 point barrier aren't they I don't think anybody would say otherwise would you agree with that if you're a player and you're playing for a club, that that's a statement, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely something to pun your CV, isn't Do you it? You think, Gareth? What's that? Sorry, you're not even listening, are you? No, you're I'm just not. No. Away, I'm eh? not texting. I'm trying. I'm trying to do <laughs> the admin <laughs> whilst recording. Yeah, yeah, that's what you have to do in this game. Wolves, Gareth, are on 99 points. Yeah. So the people who think they're going to come and just not bother, you're going to want to smash 100 points to make a statement, aren't you, as a player? It kind of rubber stamps your promotion. How many did we? Did we get 103? Well. I'll let you know if you want. Well, yeah, we did get 105. So Wolves are on 99 points. The average for a side winning the league, well, I've only gone back to when we got promoted to the Premier League for the first time under Peter Reid. I know there was football before the Premier League. Yes, but it's just a good starting point. It's a good reference point. Um, So that was 1996. Um, So 22 years ago. So it's been 21 seasons um, since 22, including this one. So 21 completed seasons. The average amount is 94 points which Newcastle finished on last year and Sunderland finished on in 2005 under Mick McCarthy. If they do manage to get a point, (laughs) when when Wolves get at least a point on Sunday and they get past the 100-point barrier, that will be the sixth team in 21 seasons to do so. It's only happened six times. Can you name the five, do we think, Um, that have done that? Reading? Yep. Uh, Reading's one. Well, there's an obvious one, isn't there? Is this Sunderland? Sunderland. I was going to say Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. So Sunderland, Sunderland, 105 points in 1999. And what was a record? Reading, who you've just said, beat that by one point. Did the Mugs do in 2009-10? They did, Michael, yes. 102 points, Newcastle, 2010. There's three. Mm. There are another two. I think should have done like an end of season quiz with this Bolton's Big Sam no Big they Sam's got, Bolton rather <laughs> they got 98 points in uh, Nottingham Forest in 1997 Forest got 94 which is the average Sunderland got 90 points that season Forest won the league 90 points and the, uh, the finished third that was in 1998 Ooh, tough isn't it Trying to think, I'm trying to think of teams that have been promoted. Like and steamrolled. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, Fulham. one Fulham. One, Fulham, yes. There you go. 2001, 101 points. That was Jean Takana, wasn't it? Um, he took over Kevin Keegan's team and, and made it even better. And they went and stayed in the Premier League for quite a while after that. Mm. One more, Leicester. more recent. Leicester, it is. It's on fire, off, isn't he? 2014, 102 points. But Sunderland have got something to play for. Do you know what that is? Um, 
try and what, be <laughs> to try and be the average score of a side that finishes right. bottom, right. <laughs> because uh, we have thirty-four points, and the average <laughs> since the since in the same time period of a side finishing bottom of the championship is thirty-five points. Imagine that being your team talk before the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, in order for Sunderland to avoid being a below-average bottom of the table championship club, that highlights how bad it's been this season. We would need a point to take us to average and a win to take us above that. You could imagine the club's official Twitter tweet, not on you if we did win the game. <laughs> <laughs> we are officially an above-average bottom yeah. of the championship side. <laughs> I mean, that, that highlights how, how grim it's been. And to be honest, it would have been a little bit higher, but for the last two seasons, because Doncaster and Blackpool finished bottom of the league on something like 23 and 24 points, respectively. Oh, well... Better than them, then. <laughs> yeah, we've improved. Yeah, that should that would be your turn, yeah. wouldn't it? That would be your uh, flip, your twist, to to put a positive spin on it, to say, well, um, put put like a comparison of the last two league tables of the last two years and say, Sunderland have finished over ten points better off than the teams that normally finish bottom. What do you think? Simon Grayson yeah. would probably try false, and, false position. He'd put that one on. What do you think the atmosphere is going to be like on rubbish on Sunday? Because it's, Wolves fans it's, celebrating yeah, and singing, yeah. but it's weird, isn't it? Because because the news about the potential takeover occurred um, 15 minutes after the news that Chris Coleman got, it was weird because I was thinking, I forgot that the game was happening. Yeah, yeah. It was like almost like the season was finished in my mind. Um, and so it was like, well, this is going to be strange because we're going to have, you know, <clears throat> the manager's not going to be there. Um, we're going to be kind of, you know, in in limbo a bit with, with the situation because I guess... It might not go through um, before the weekend. We don't know. Um, hopefully, it will. Um, so, if if it does happen, obviously, I mean, Stuart Donald said he's going to be at the game anyway. He wants to go to the game. He wants to sit with the fans or whatever. I mean, I'm not totally sure about that. I know, like, not to be like a Buzz Killington or whatever, but to be fair. I do think it's a little bit. I'm not saying it's it's not well intentioned from the owner, but I do feel as though or the potential owner. But I do feel as though I'm not saying that he doesn't need to bring some of the principles from Eastley that obviously he's very passionate about. Like is you know that he wants to reconnect the club with the community. He said that in a statement and and trying to do everything he possibly can um, for for everyone. But going from Eastley, who probably got about four thousand fans. To Sunderland, who probably got over a hundred thousand fans, you know, worldwide. Really, the it, thing is, the totally, thing is, it's a totally I, different I, thing. This, this will, this will, you know. I just don't want it to be a situation it, it where cha- it, no, ends, it ends no, up sitting I, with the fans and it becomes no, this big and, pantomime. And you know, think, you know, looking on social media, he's been a bit loose with some of the people he's talking to by DMing and stuff. Uh, that 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 will come out in the wash. I would have thought. Um, I think initially. The Wolves game, it's absolutely fine for him to go and do that because what he said was, I want to get a, an experience of, of going to the match, and that's fine. I wouldn't, You wouldn't want him to go and do... I you, he might change his mind. <laughs> well, no, because if he just goes in the self-stand, they'll be hyper because we've got a new owner and he'll probably think it's like that every week. Um, but, Is he going to neck a pint yeah, and yeah, leave? Remember? Well, you don't want to do the Mike Ashley thing, do you, yeah, where, yeah. where you're going all the time because that... It got it got sour for for him quite quickly. Well, this is and, the danger. But, but I, don't, no, I don't think it would, though, because he's... I think initially it's really, really good and it's a refreshing change and it's something that we need. I think, yes, long term, it you know, he's going to have to tighten up on stuff like that. But, you know, he's got, 
a week to tell him how to, how to behave. He's run, oh, run yeah. very successful businesses. I mean, he's I'm very a, wealthy. So it was just a, a, an opinion that was a, sort of the back of my mind that kind of worked its way no, to the front over the course yeah. of the week. And I don't want to sound again. I don't want to sound as though I'm being negative or trying to besmirch anything that he's, he's doing. And I'm sure everything he wants to do. That the, everyone you speak to actually give a shout out um, to the guy who got in touch with us in the week. I think he's called Jamie. I'll have to get his name right since I'm giving him a shout out. Because last time I gave somebody a shout out, I, I uh, <laughs> gave them the wrong name, which was like, you know, poor etiquette, really, isn't it? Um, lad in the week who got in touch with us who shared, uh, Jamie Kennedy, it was, I was right, um, shared a message that. So he, Jamie had. Um, he played for he played football with Stuart Donald at a club called Whitney Royals. He's based down in Oxfordshire. And he says he's a great bloke and will be fantastic for the club. And he said I found him a, I found a post that I sent him over ten years about ten years ago, um, and found he had a connection to Sunderland. And he sent him a message and says, "Are you a Sunderland fan, by the way?" And he, Stuart Donald replied saying, "Oxford, but I follow Sunderland as all my cousins support them, and they are my favourite Premier League team." This was this was in two thousand and nine, obviously. Um, if you're one of Stuart's cousins and you're in the yeah, area, yeah, yeah. drop us a line and come on and tell us about them and show us embarrassing pictures of them or something. But obviously, it's destiny, you know. But um, yeah, you know, it's, it's I'm sure everyone what everyone says about him, everyone everyone seems to have said he's a really good guy, um, and he's got the community I, I, at heart. I, I, and he wants... I like that that, he, that he's he's come from me. So, I mean, we we said first and foremost we need we need a football person, and we haven't really had one. Um, since Niall Quinn left, obviously now Martin Bain would argue he's a, a football person. He's been involved in football for a long time, but his remit was very clear for all, all to see. Um, I th- I like the fact he's come from Eastleigh, um, because it's those principles of of a community club and stuff have w- are what's been eroded away from Sunderland in in the last few years, certainly since Niall Quinn has left and yes it's different and it's on a bigger scale and a bigger a bigger budget and it's a totally different animal but I'm sure he knows that if he likes his football he's a successful businessman I'm sure he knows that it's not like Vincent Tan or somebody who, who who's come and said right I'm going to stick a, a Cardiff shirt on and I'm gonna... over his dress shirt yeah exactly but, <laughs> and but, took it you in. Know, but they try and get into it then and even Ella Short would would wear his FTM badge and he'd, he'd he'd go out in the Sunderland and he'd pay for people's meals at restaurants and stuff and he'd try and embrace, initially, to be fair to him, try and embrace the community and try and embrace everything and really get into it and show that he cares. At least with the new guy, it's 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 genuine. It's it's organic. His love for football is natural and he's been involved in it. So, yes, he's going to have to change and he's going to have to tighten up on well, things. I, I, I really <clears throat> like the idea that he's... He's stepping up the ladder like this. He's been at Oxford as well as a director. So his, in, his interest, his interest in owning the football club is the passion for football. It's, that's what's driving it. And the, the reason he did, the reason he invested in Oxford because he's an Oxford fan. And the reason he, you know, did what he did with Eastleigh, like you're saying, because he wanted to to do take have a project and do something. And he's obviously increased what their season ticket holders I think were about 130 when he took over, and now there's two and a half thousand. Um, you know. It's, you know they could get up to five thousand. He's, I think he's, he was quoted as saying, you know, so he's done a great job for them as a building the club. I think on the pitch things have gone um, not as well as he'd hoped. But, but at the that's same the one time, thing you can never guarantee. Though, said, nobody can yeah, ever guarantee. But he what said himself, the you know, the reason the reason it went wrong is because I threw too much money at it and it it, it went wrong. Got a bit overexcited. Um, yeah, perhaps, yeah, but I think 
he's going to have to throw some money at, at, at Sunderland initially because, like you were saying, you know about the Wilder thing. Twenty players left, nine came in. Um, we're going to have what fifteen probably go. He said that it was off air, by the way. He didn't throw that stat in. No, it didn't. Yeah. No, no, it was. It was. No, it was early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilder. So, who's not listening was, now, yeah, Stephen? I was texting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's. Um, the, 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 the turnover of players is going to be massive again and it's going to be a whole load of new people a lot of the players who I mean the players we brought in in the summer a lot of them we knew about because they were on a downward trajectory from Premier League clubs Championship clubs where they've either been bombed out or or whatever and we picked them up for a pittance um, so you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see strategically what we do if we're going to say, right, here's a budget to to spend money on players, um, and we're going to go for what the best players at this level, players we think can step up into into the championship if we get promoted. But you know, people who want to come on the on the journey with us, I think that's that's what it's going to be, have to be sold as. You know, the journey back to back to where some might believe we belong you know definitely in the top end of the championship historically and you know hopefully in the Premier League or in the top flight I think Kieran hit nail on the head earlier when he talked about that it must be a privilege and an honour to be at Sunderland and I think we it represents a really good opportunity in League One to attract players like that who the biggest club they'll have ever played for in their entire career is Sunderland and I would like to think there are still some players who are governed by the size of club we play for and have things like prestige about the mind rather than just chasing the money because as I say although we've got new ones I'm not sure how much we're going to invest so I, I just think that culture is about throughout the club though whoever we bring in on the pitch the owners the directors the manager we all need to be pulled in one direction and like you say we need we need to be like a pride to be at Sunderland and hopefully this this can start like over the summer and go into next season I mean Wilder, Wilder thing you know talking about the managers and I think I mean to be honest Every time I see him, I don't like him. Do you know what I mean? That's like, good. I, think, I like that as well. Do you know what? I, I always think... I like that as oh, well. God. But you, you'll, you'll, you'll soon like him, though, when he, when he comes Oh, in. well, if he wins games, you like him. And you I, like... Again, you, you know, it's, it's a, like, bit, it's a bit of yeah. what we need. Someone to just puff his chest out and and get on the nerves of other yeah. fans and other players. I mean, maybe, I'm sure he's... Uh, you know he's absolutely fine. You know as a as a person and, and everything, but like it's the game, isn't it? You know, as saw last week, this week, that you know Mourinho and Wenger have had this running battle for you know fifteen years or whatever, and now he's leaving. They're all mates, you know, shaking hands. And Alex Ferguson on the pitch presenting the bottle of wine. Long term, they hated each other when he was a manager, and then as soon as Ferguson stopped, it was like, oh, we're all friends now, and that's what happens. It's the the heat, the battle in it, and but that's what you want. You want somebody who's hungry. I mean, is at Oxford, he was there for six years. Yeah. You know, it's a decent stint to try and make something happen. And I think, you know, Kieran was saying that the first thought I had about Wilder, I thought, well, he's a Sheffield United fan. Yeah. But, he's, you know, he wasn't, he was very unhappy. Um, I think sort of February, March time, when this looked like they'd probably blown the playoffs. And he basically came out and said, that's it now. I'm not, I've, I've got all I can out of this group of players. We're not going to get in the playoffs. Neil Warnock's a Sheffield United fan, but he left when he got yeah. them relegated from the Premier but League. That was his decision as I well. He wasn't sacked. The he comments decided from, to leave. Wilder's made comments that he could leave if his ambition isn't matched. Are we worried we're blowing him up again? It's going to be just no, no. I'm just like saying no. No, I do because I, I do because I'm I'm that sold on the idea of Wilder now that I'm just thinking like, is it? Are we being realistic with it? 
I remember when Niall Quinn um, brought the consortium together and Sam Allardyce was the was the man they wanted, wasn't he, initially? And he was in the Premier League at Bolton doing a really good job. And when Mark people Lord, was linked as well, wasn't he? At the time? Yeah, but but people apparently it nearly happened the Allardyce thing. It did, but yeah. at, at the time, it seemed unrealistic. I think he met the players apparently, yeah, but it was a statement of intent. But you let yourself believe it because you people were in the media were suggesting it could happen. Oh. Now this is similar. If there was no chance of this happening. You think this would have been? I think it could. This I mean, would have been shut down by now. If, but I'm just worried that at the last minute he's going to just think. Actually, what no, I've got what I've got here is 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 probably more. But the, it's not inter- he's interested in the project. That's what he said. He's in. That's what he said. He's come out and said Sheffield United. Essentially, he's all he said at the moment is Sheffield United aren't matching my ambitions, and if they don't do it, I'll leave and go somewhere that will. That's what he. That's what he said. You know, in a roundabout way. Um, and and it, it'll be a case of going to him and if they if they want him saying this is what we're going to do, do you want the job? And and then it's a case that then it's on it's on Wilder then yeah. if if the board back him and and, and make the promises as we've heard so many managers say oh I was told this I was told that if we if we say to Wilder we'll give you this this is what we want you to do and if he says yes then there's no if everyone does the job there's no hiding place and. That and I'm sure that, you know, maybe we need somebody if the if the need more, like Wilder's done at Sheffield United, he's going to put pressure, he's going to put pressure on the board, he's going to put pressure on people to say, look, we things have changed and we need to do this now. Are you yeah. going? Are you going to make this happen? And if not, I'll go somewhere that will. With Wilder as well, it's probably the highest his stock's been, and it's amazing in football how quickly you can go from being like flavour of a month to being looked at not as a joke figure but your stock can go down really quickly well I mean some would argue Coleman's stock's dropped yeah since, uh, but know. I think as, I think with Wilder though is it a bit of a crossroads in the Sheffield United career if they do invest in the summer and they kick on again to the playoffs again mm. his stock only goes up but if he doesn't get back then he feels though he can't squeeze any more out of his squad and the languishing mid-table yeah. suddenly people start looking at him and questioning his job even though it's not necessarily his fault but Sunderland, for a lot of managers, it's a little bit of an ego thing as well, which is nothing wrong with. But if you think if I can go to Sunderland and get it right, I'll be a legend here. I'll be revered. It's you're spot on. I mean, it's a sad indictment of modern football that it's that that short turners, short termism role so uh, reigns like that. But you're absolutely right what you're saying. Um, we're going to continue with this more, but we're going to bring some of our listeners in with what they've been asking us on Twitter. So when we come back, we'll look at your tweets. Wise Men Say Sun FM Preview Show With the Mazda 2 1.5 SE Plus For 12590 Eye-catching style inside and out I did ask Kieran what he thought um, About the Chris Coleman aspect um, Of this sacking Uh, You all know how disappointed I was um, With that on Sunday Uh, I think think a lot of people were disappointed I think some took it worse than others others. Um, It's reflected by a couple of tweets we have here as well I mean just to to start where I was with it initially On what was If somebody If I'd woke up on Sunday morning And and somebody said to me Right today um, It's going to be announced that There's going to be some buys for the club And Ella Shorts writing off that debt let's not forget it I mean let's not underestimate that debt that everybody's went on about and Newcastle fanzines have wrote articles about and, and done research on it. this debt is just in one in, in one swoop move gone now I would have been delighted 
But at the time, because I went with the Chris Coleman sack, and I, I, I was upset, I was sad, I'll be honest. Because in a season where nobody seems to have stuck up for Sunderland or had Sunderland's back or believed in what we are and what we can be as a club, he did, and he did come when his stock was high, like you said. And I just felt sad that they wouldn't even give him an hour of their time to listen to what he had to say. Well, I guess he'd be, I guess he could reapply for the job if he wanted, couldn't he? I guess for me, I think it was. I was more angry than upset, to be honest. When I saw the Coleman news, sad. I felt really sad. I don't think, honestly, I can't remember the last time I felt that sad with a Sunderland manager leaving. Honestly, I think Allardyce is inevitable, but he's the most gutted I've been. Yeah, but you saw that coming, and yeah. in, in the way you kind of because he was going to better himself and, and taking the England job, you kind of were happy for him but in a way. I was anyway. I feel like as well as the nature of the statements as well with breaking the Coleman news first, I think everybody was really up in arms and devastated, like you say, and then the sweetener was kind of thrown in and people didn't really know what to think. I think if it had been in one kind of pre-prepared statement as, and they had the Coleman news in there as well, I think it would have been a little bit more palatable and you could be a bit more philosophical about this. But I think the nature of the way it was announced with the Coleman thing, then about half an hour later, the takeover, people's emotions were just back all over the place about it. It's hard even now to really just like to absorb it all and take I, it all in. I think all the indicators point to the story regarding the the severance f- fee or whatever it might be being the indi- the 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 um, deciding factor in that because if you look because everyone would assume well if they've if they've got rid of him it's because they've got somebody else coming in but they obviously haven't so they've obviously taken that decision and I guess the reason why they wouldn't announce it together maybe they've they said right we want to see it actually in writing that this is happening before we announce this there's probably some legalities around this because they basically say we want that that finished before we say we're going to take over the club and you know, maybe there's something in in that, and if you look at the if you look at the process on the whole, it does kind of point to some sort of contractual anomaly that that meant it wasn't possible for Chris Coleman to continue under the new ownership because of the risk that surrounded it. Now, as Stephen says, you know, they, I don't understand why they didn't speak to him or couldn't have um, had a look at his contract or whatever. But the results on the pitch, because they've been so bad over the year, and they have been bad. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they've just gone. Look, it's it's not Looking from the outside. It's in, not it, worth it. it. You, you can understand the logic of it. Um, Matthew Jackson. I can understand why they have sacked Coleman, but I'd feel much more relaxed about the whole thing if he was still in charge. It will be tough for a new manager to come in on the first day of pre-season. That was again a point that I was making. It's a new manager, another manager coming in, and and going over the players he has over yeah. a short space of time. Well, take t- a slightly different. I remember um, when Ronald Koeman um, was at Southampton, um, and it was a time when, like all Southampton's players, they had that season, and all Southampton's players were being sold. Oh, um, and he, and he, players or something. Yeah, and he like put a tweet up with an empty training ground pitch and went, "Oh, like, yeah. good to see all the lads in training or something like that." Mm-hmm. They're, like joking about it, but they had a very, very good. I think everyone tipped them for relegation actually, mm. and I think they had a very good season. Yeah, and then he went Beats, on and the got Beatles eight nil that season. Yeah, they had a very good season. <laughs> Ray Hopkins took this as about as well as I did, um, and he's saying, "Well." I'm just disappointed we are managerless. I was prepared to give him a chance in a lower league, debt-free with a new owner and an actual budget for a change. But no, he can't turn us round in a flash, so we blow him out. Marvellous. A couple of people who, who look at the other side and look at his record and, and, and Parker, SCFC, responded to, to a tweet Ray put out and that I put out saying, 
Coleman had a terrible club CV before coming. He and didn't, was, though. And was totally exposed here in club management again. Still, he's handsome, though, and slags off Rodwell, so that's better than winning games. So, so is, A lot of people like have this idea that he could talk the talk and not walk the walk. Aye, so, but he's ninth in the Premier League with Fulham, like an absolute disaster. You, you know what I mean? He, he had a moderate track record at like, club level. I'm not saying it was fantastic, but this notion that he was a terrible club manager, I just don't really understand where it comes from. It doesn't have much foundation in truth, to be honest I mean, with he you. Had a, he had a difficult time at Coventry because it was, uh, you know, it was a, that was a similar job probably to the Sunderland yep, job. Yep. But he kept them up, actually. Um, didn't have a good start the next season. And he had a weird sort of spell in, in, I think, in Greece and, and before that in Spain. Sausage yeah. Dad. He did so, okay, Sausage Dad, though, didn't he? I don't think he managed many games. I think he only managed about 20 games. Didn't didn't do a lot there. But, I mean, it doesn't matter anyway. I mean, he's gone now. And that's the sad... I think that that's the thing that saddened me because I, I, I tweeted something saying, like, oh, really sad about Coleman leaving. Now it's about the new consortium coming in. Hopefully they pick the right person or something. I thought, like, you know what? And, like, 200 characters... You've moved on. You've this person who was going to be, you know, the best thing about the club, and in spite of everything, like Steve says, he stuck up for us. And if he's just backed and given a chance, everyone will get behind him, and hopefully, he can get us promoted because that's what he was talking about. And then he's gone, and everybody's like bamboozled by it. And then we get taken over, and it's like right. And I do feel as though like Coleman, in a way, has been forgotten about in some respects and I'm guilty of that and I feel a bit bad about it because I know it's football and all that but like Stephen says I think a lot of respect to him for the way he conducted himself when he was at the club we've had so many managers who've come in and you know acted as though the, the, the job was beneath them or left and because they were poor and then said oh you know well that nobody will do well there and, and like kind of protect themselves Coleman never did that and I feel as though he just that he deserves a little, he deserves a little bit more respect than he's been shown for not the job he did on the pitch, but for the way he's conducted himself when he's been at Sunderland and, and made a few people believe that, made them proud of the football club again. And you know, I think everyone involved, wise men say, would if he was, could somebody pass on the message that we, you know, everyone really thanks him for what he tried to do and what he tried to make happen. Yeah, it didn't work. But uh, it is like Stephen says; it's a I it's just, a sad situation. Yeah, we should probably go on record and just thank him. <laughs> yeah, appreciate Not that. Not might ever get for back moving to his him. for moving his family up here, and for, it's, it's, he's, you know, the, he's the he's he had the profile and behaves like a manager we've wanted our managers I, to behave. We we haven't had that in years. There's, so there's no doubt this is a real like slide the doors moment for the club Coleman leaving, and I just hope in five or ten years' time we're not sat here. Obviously not not necessarily in the studio, but as Sunderland fans, we're not sat there thinking if only we kept Chris Coleman. I hope in years to come that it won't become some kind of urban legend that if only we kept Chris Coleman, things would have been all right. Because obviously that would have been the ideal scenario. But I just hope, as they say, in years to come, we look back and we say, well, it was sad that he left, but we went on to get promoted and did better things. You know what I'm saying, rather than... Football fans do have short memories as well. I mean, I'm, Like I mean, when Atkins left Southampton and yeah, everyone totally, was up totally, totally, totally. Yeah, totally. it does happen. Of course it happens. I, I remember when Watford sacked um, Ray Lewington when he was manager and he was doing OK with them, mid, mid-table Watford, and everybody... like People couldn't believe that decision. I remember the media going really hard and saying, what... These new owners, I don't know if they were new, I think they might have been saying, and they were saying, we want a younger, more dynamic manager, and they went and put Eddie Bothroyd in, and he got them promoted to the Premier League, so they were justified in that decision as well, I guess. So, it, yeah, it can happen, and, and already, with the Wilder link being a strong one, 
you know, my, my anger towards that is 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 sort of disappeared. Se- seeded quite a lot anyway. So, you know, the interesting thing is, I think if you were in the market for a new manager, and we've got to obviously forget what's happened this season, and I know it's you know it's impossible to do that. But if Chris Coleman was available for free and wanted the Sunderland job because he didn't have it, see, he's not got a job, he's on the market as a manager that we could go and get. I think a lot of people would be going if we went and got Coleman. That would be, that would show massive ambition. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's the that's the interesting thing about would, it. Would for you me. say Would you say that though? If he'd gone to a club like say he'd gone to Burton Albion straight from Wales and done a similar job, would you still be saying that? I don't know. To play devil's dick avocado, but, but he wouldn't have went to Burton Albion. Yeah, but you, you Bur- Birmingham was a better example. Okay, like, well, yeah. whatever. But it's just still no, I know what you're saying. And they went um, down and got sacked. Yeah, and it, in the same fashion that we have yeah. as well. Not like kind of nearly survived or anything. Well, this is the thing, though, isn't it? Outside perceptions are different. We, you would say, prob- the answer probably, to that if it would, was him or Wiley, you'd probably see. The answer to that Wiley, would probably be no, because we wouldn't be keeping an eye on his press conferences and how he's conducting himself, how he's involving himself in the community, who he's speaking to, and stuff like that. So, this is the thing that the the new owners are going to look at his track record first and foremost. They're not going to care he's moved his family up here. They're not going to care that he's connecting to the Sunderland fans in a way that other managers haven't done. In years, I would say. Hmm. So they're not going to look at that. And that is the unfo- unfortunate thing about it. However, it's impossible to, to be t- negative or downhearted about this situation. We've had an awful season. And thanks for sharing it with us and listening to us along the way because this is the last show of the season now. Um, so thanks as always. We've been well, doing this for five be, years. Sure, hopefully we'll be back. Possibly in the you know with Possibly. some bits and bobs over the summer, yeah. and then obviously we'll be in there next yeah, we, year. We are hoping to get some features out in the summer, which we'll go more uh, into more. If, if well, if, if, the, if the, the managers appointed, takeovers confirmed, and some stuff starts development, we might as well hop on our kit and do something. Yeah. You know, but, but so keep an ear out for that. But it's been an awful season, so it, it's good that we can finish on what we hope is a positive. Ellis Short there. selling up and w- wiping that debt off is is, is as a positive <clears throat> finale to the season we could have hoped of once relegation was confirmed. When, when we uh, started, when we sat there five years ago, five and a bit years ago, and started, we had Martin O'Neill, and we're going through a bit of a tricky time. Did you think you'd be sitting there five years <laughs> later talking about? League One. We're talking about managers who've got a track record in League One, in division, which is essentially Division Three. It will always be Division Ironically, Three. Ironically, or coincidentally, whichever way you want to look at it, Martin O'Neill was replaced by Paolo Di Canio, whose role, his only other role apart from Sunderland in management, was at League One Swindon. Mm. Few so. League One connect. I'll tell you what I actually thought of Martin O'Neill when, when I heard the news of Wickham Wanderers had been promoted oh, to yeah, play us yeah. next season because. That was when I'd first, as a kid, that's when I first heard of Martin O'Neill. Before I even realised he was this famous like Forest player and stuff, um, I knew of him um, because he, he he got Wickham out of the out of non-league football. And of course, we'll be playing Wickham next season because exactly. they got promoted. The beast coming to the stadium of light. Beast. That mode. was signing him. <laughs> I can fend him. He's home. done what he's had a one-year deal. No, it's not pay, pay money. Pay money. <laughs> pay mo- actual money. Yeah. Pay him actual money. Right. Thanks for being with us and for those who came to the live show and the Peacock shows as well um, before the start of the Saturday games this season. And thanks to all the ex-players who didn't write their names down or anything. 
And that's us signing out for the season. Wise Men Say Sun FM Preview Show with Jennings Mazda next to the Stadium of Light. Discover the perfect ride with sales, main dealer servicing and guaranteed parts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.